Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. About a month ago, a lawsuit was filed against the California Department of Education. It alleges that disciplinary practices in schools throughout the state unfairly impact Black and Latino students. The lawsuit says the state has data that show the disparities, but hasn't done enough to make meaningful change. At the end of the day, someone or something has to hold these districts accountable because our black and brown students are not doing well. California and Superintendent of Public Instruction Tony Thurman say they are committed to addressing this issue and to finding ways to reduce suspensions that disproportionately affect students of color. The group that filed the lawsuit has an unexpected name, the Black Parallel School Board. EdSource decided to dig a little into the backstory of the group that's based in Sacramento. How did the organization begin? And why did the community feel it was necessary? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. In 2007, an organization called the Sacramento Area Black Caucus held a big community forum to discuss issues the city's black children were facing in schools. The group had done focus groups and research and pulled together a report on test scores, graduation, and dropout rates. The meeting was packed, mostly with parents who lined up to speak. But Carl Pinkston, the education chair of the organization, noticed they weren't really interested in the report. Instead, they wanted to talk about the experiences they'd had when they'd taken their own concerns to the school board. It was like, when I go to a school board meeting, I'm only given two minutes to tell my story. I can't tell what's happening in school and what's happening with my child in two minutes. Number two, they don't even look at me. They don't even have a conversation with me to try to help me ask a follow-up question about what's going on. And number three, there's no one that comes up afterwards after I spoke and said, how can I help you and work you through this problem? As Carl sat there listening, something became painfully clear to him. The frustration, the anger, the, the disrespect, they wanted to be able to tell their story and have someone help them, to help them resolve their issue. And... They wanted a place where they can talk. And what happens is all too often, education experts want to lecture to parents, to tell parents there's something wrong with parents. These parents had gone to the school board for help. And instead, they felt they were being told that the problems their kids were facing in school were their fault. There's like a war on parents. And particularly black and brown parents, there's the argument is that the reason why your child is not doing well is because there's something wrong with you. Carl came away from that meeting feeling like something needed to change. The school board clearly wasn't meeting the needs of Black parents and their children. Parents just simply want to have a space to talk. Once they talk, they want to know that someone's going to honor their words and to be able to follow up and to resolve the issue. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, how Black parents started their own parallel school board. After that outpouring of frustration Carl heard at the community forum, he began to wonder, what if there was somewhere Black parents could go where they wouldn't be ignored or blamed? Somewhere their problems would actually be addressed. He remembered hearing somewhere about a group that tried to achieve something similar decades ago in Oakland. So he asked a friend to look it up. Here's what they found. 
back in 1969 in Oakley, California. The Black Panther Party and AACP, a number of Black organizations, was very upset with the Oakland Unified School District. So they got together and decided they were going to create a parallel school board. They actually had their own superintendent. They had their own department of, you know, budgeting and, and a curriculum. And it was literally a parallel district. Carl was inspired. So in 2008, he and others started the Black Parallel School Board in the Sacramento City Unified School District. The name is a nod to the former Oakland organization. But it's not a school board per se. Rather, its purpose is to do whatever it can to support and advocate for Black students and their parents. Today, it has about 300 members, parents, grandparents, and community activists. They hold monthly meetings at a Methodist church, and their philosophy is, listen first. In the Sacramento City Unified School District, they will say, hey, there's a problem. Let's have a conference. Let's bring in experts, and we'll teach these parents what they need to know. We have a philosophy is that we listen first and then we empower parents to become advocates second. We listen first because they have a powerful story to tell, their pain, their anguish, and let them know that they're not alone. You're not isolated. EdSource reporter Diana Lambert wrote a story about the Black Parallel School Board. Hi, Diana. What made you want to write this story about the Black Parallel School Board? Well, I've been aware of the Black Parallel School Board since they started in 2008, and I know some of the work that they've done. And when I saw that they had filed a lawsuit against the state saying that there was disproportionate amount of African-American kids and Latino kids uh, disciplined in schools, I thought it would be great to learn a little more about them and to write a feature story about them. How important is this organization and, and what really stands out to you about them? I think this organization is important because it advocates for parents and their children, and it also teaches parents to advocate for themselves. And that's really important in uh, the African-American community, but in all all communities, because uh, education is a very complicated system. And these parents don't understand how the school system works. And this organization teaches them what all that weird acronyms mean, and, and how to advocate for their kids. And, and they also accompany them to these meetings and help them advocate until they can do it themselves. The organization offers learning sessions on topics requested by parents. What are your parental rights in the school system? How to ensure your child gets the services they need? How to read a school budget? What a school board does? And how parents can get involved in different committees that make decisions at their kid's school? The Black Parallel School Board also goes along with parents to meetings with principals and teachers to help them advocate for their kids. From there, parents often go on to become organizers themselves. What we do is we provide the support and what the parents need, but, you know, really move that to becoming parent organizers so they can help other parents. And that's what we describe as parent power. For her article, Diana talked with some parents who started out asking the Black Parallel School Board for help and later became members and organizers themselves. LaShania Brazil was one of those parents. She showed up for the initial meeting and she wanted to talk about what she saw as the failing of the educational system uh, with her child. And she ended up becoming one of the members of the executive committee. And one of the things she did that was sort of outstanding is she showed up at every school board meeting for 16 months 
and asked the school board to put computers in every single classroom, something they had promised in one of their budgets and then failed to do. So uh, they did do it after 16 months, and now they have computers in each, each classroom. There are some other things that you mentioned in your article that are, you know, might even seem small to some people, but for example, the success that the Black Parallel School Board had in one school, just putting up posters of Black people on the walls. Yeah, it was a small thing, but really important. They went into school at 60% African-American students and all the posters of scientists and educators and astronomers, they were all white. And so they requested simply that they add some Black faces to the wall so that the kids can see people that look like them and have some, you know, something to aspire to. The Black Parallel School Board doesn't just help make changes in individual schools. They also take on district issues, some with statewide importance. Oh, they've had a lot of influence. Uh, One of the major things they did in 2018 was they worked with a, a bunch of other community organizations to remove the police officers from the campuses. And then they had a big part then in putting together a restorative justice program where students make amends and do other things to um, to make up for the things that they've done instead of being suspended or expelled from school. One of the things that Carl said to me was that, you know, it's not like there were always police officers or security officers on campuses. That's actually a relatively new thing. They didn't always exist. When I went to school, I went to Sacramento High School. We didn't have a school resource officer. SROs and policing is connected to the whole notion of zero tolerance and the whole notion that students are behavioral deficient and they must be policed. And part of that is reflected in the general society, how how they view black and brown kids. And so wherever there's a high concentration of black and brown kids, there's policing, period. Carl says having police on campus does not equal safety. They get reinforced out of the notion of mass shootings. Now, we know in Columbine and Parkland, they had an SRO, and it didn't stop the shooters. But their notion of school safety is equal to policing. We raise the question, is that school policing does not necessarily mean it's going to make the school more safe. It will suspend and expel and send more students to the prison, but it will not make it to school more safe. What would make the school more safe is preventive measures. So if you have counselors, support services, uh, quality education, all of that in place, you will not have the need to have SROs. You will simply have a very positive educational environment and a positive experience. And and when I say prevention, they need to look at education as an environment where students learn restorative practice and learn it early and it becomes incorporated as part of how you do conflict mediation. As a nonprofit organization, EdSource depends on donations and grants to sustain our quality journalism. We rely on listeners like you. Between now and December 31st, EdSource has a goal to raise $100,000 to support our journalism. Make your donation today at edsource.org. The Black Parallel School Board doesn't limit its work to Sacramento schools. They've also worked with organizations in the Central Valley. Last year, they worked with a statewide coalition to support parents in Oakland 
and another organization, the Black Organizing Project, to get the Oakland Unified School District to eliminate their school police department and reinvest the $6 million budget in a new safety plan, including more student support services like counselors and academic mentors. This is a big deal. That was huge. It was huge. It was a statewide collective effort and support. It made me felt back in the 70s when we had national movements and everybody put all the resources in one area and support. And it was really exciting, a joy, and a learning experience. Because now I can take that to others and say, this is what reimagining school safety plans should look in terms of their uh, people's plan. This is how you do movement building work. This is how you do this type of work in the area of education and to be a success. One of the biggest issues that the Black Parallel School Board has taken on is disproportionate discipline. So Diana, what do the suspension numbers look like? How, how disparate is the discipline that we're talking about? California Department of Education numbers show that Black students are about three times more likely to be suspended than white students. And of those suspended, 35% were suspended multiple times compared to 26% of Latino and white students. I asked Carl why disproportionate suspensions are such a big deal, why they matter. And his answer was clear. It, it's, it has a traumatic impact on students. Carl says a few years ago, the Black Parallel School Board set up a panel with people who had been incarcerated to get their perspectives on what led to their imprisonment. All of them say there is a direct correlation between their suspension and ending up into the prison system. One, it doesn't work. <laughs> it makes them even more angry. It, it, it has a traumatic impact. It, it demeans them to simply say, I'm not worthy to be in the school, so therefore I should do something. Second, when they're at home, they're bored. <laughs> So they go out in the street, go hang out, and get into trouble. Three, most of them had problems early on with their education in the sense that every last one of them had literacy problems. A report from the University of California at Santa Barbara and the UCLA Civil Rights Project found that more suspensions lead to lower graduation rates, lower tax revenues, and higher taxpayer costs for criminal justice, welfare, and health care. The Black Parallel School Board has worked on this issue in many different ways. They've gone with parents to meetings with principals to advocate for alternative forms of discipline for specific students. As we mentioned earlier, they've worked to remove police officers in schools and replace them with counselors and other supports to help prevent problems before they begin. And they've pushed, along with other groups, for legislation to restrict suspensions for willful defiance. That's a term used to suspend students who refuse to do what teachers or administrators said taking off their hat in class, for example. Advocates say the term is vague, and it's disproportionately applied to Black and Latino students. California passed legislation in 2019 that bars schools from suspending students in elementary through middle school for willful defiance. But some parents and advocates say districts are still finding ways to get around these bans and suspend students. We created as many guardrails we possibly can in terms of statewide legislative policy. But at the end of the day, someone or something has to hold these districts accountable because our black and brown students are not doing well. There's been a lot, I mean, statewide in terms of ethnic studies, in terms of teachers credentialing, 
there's been a lot of work. But my parents tell us, Carl, I don't mean nothing because I don't see it. <laughs> They're still doing the same thing. At the end of the day, I think the parents, all they want is to hold these districts accountable. Parents from Kern County, from Turlock, from Hanford, from Riverside, from all over the state, were reaching out to the Black Parallel School Board for help. And that leads us to the lawsuit the Black Parallel School Board filed this year, along with two students. I'll let Diana explain more. Well, you know, it is a big deal because although there's been a big movement lately to reduce the expulsion and suspension rates, and a law that said you cannot uh, suspend or expel a kid for willful defiance in, you know, K through eight, and these rates are going down, the suit says that some districts are, are simply doing informal suspension and expulsion. So it doesn't end up on the record, but these kids are still being removed from classes and, and uh, sent away when they're expelled to, to uh, continuation in community day schools without expulsion hearings. So not only is it not on the record, but they don't get a chance to have a hearing before they're informally expelled. And they have to get their parents often to sign off on this, sometimes not. They have voluntary and involuntary expulsions and suspensions, but parents will often sign off on it because uh, they don't want it on their kid's record and they're convinced this will help their kid somehow. But if they're expelled, they still end up in the same situation than if they did it you know, in the old way. So how did the state, how did the California Department of Education and the superintendent, state superintendent respond to you about about the lawsuit? Well, they sent me a statement and basically pointed out some of the things that Tony Thurman has been doing. So he has a task force that's uh, going to look at uh, black student achievement. Uh, He's expressed concern over the disparate ways that Black students are treated when it comes to discipline. So, um, you know, he seems to be all for ending this. It sounds like you've known about the group for a long time, having lived and and reported um, on education in, in Sacramento for so long. But what did you learn from writing this story? Kind of what is your big takeaway? My big takeaway, I think, about the Black Parallel School Board is I really didn't realize how much work they put into advocating for parents. I mean, they spend a lot of time showing up to individual meetings with individual parents and principals. You know, I knew they had their meetings and they were they were teaching parents to become advocates, but it looks like they put a lot of work into uh, helping individual parents. They even told me if a parent comes to see them, they don't stop until they resolve their problem. They don't turn them away. Has this idea caught on elsewhere? Yeah, Merced has a new Black Parallel School Board. I think it's about two years old. And there are other groups across the state, other parent groups that are cropping up. The group in Sacramento says they're constantly being asked to help them start groups. So I think we'll see a lot more of these coming in the coming years. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to Carl Pinkston, Diana Lambert, and our director, Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Dirk and Charlene Cabsonell Foundation and the Stewart Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. <laughs>